Hello, and welcome to the Changes in System Inertia podcast. My name is Julie Booth. I'm WEX Manager of Communications and Outreach. With me here today is Doug Tucker. Doug, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, I'm Doug Tucker. I'm a senior planning engineer here at WEC. I've been with WEC for 13 years. Um, I work with a lot of studies in the power flow model, um, dynamics to transitability, and power flow studies. Um, and I'm excited for the work that we do here at WEC. And this is one of the studies we did on change in system inertia, which is impactful to reliability. That's great, Doug. Why don't you tell us about what questions the study seeks to answer? This study on change in system inertia was to, to answer two questions. First was what is the amount of minimum inertia needed for the Western interconnection to prevent a loss of 2,700 megawatts of generation from causing the underfrequency load shedding program? Second, what other potential reliability issues could be observed with low inertia? In simple terms, inertia can be thought of as a characteristic of rotating mass of the conventional generation which allows the system to maintain its frequency under large generation outages. Alrighty, the underfrequency load shedding plan is a safety net for the system. And what happens is, is when the system frequency drops below 59.5 hertz, loads start to trip off lines. The goal of the system planners and operators is to design and operate the system so we don't have this underfrequency load shedding plan activate where typical contingency events, such as a generation loss, doesn't trigger this uh, drop in frequency to 59.5 hertz. So Doug, why does this matter? This matters because in the Western interconnection, we're having a large shift in generation mix. A lot of synchronous generators are getting retired and they're being replaced with IBRs, which is inverter-based resources such as solar, wind, um, even batteries are now coming online. This transition, is reducing inertia on the system. By losing a generator, it could cause load to drop, which is un an undesirable result. Our intent was uh, to identify any reliability issues associated with reduced inertia so that system planners and other decision makers could assess the risk to their respective systems and make informed decisions with regard to system reliability. I'd love to hear about how that study was performed. For this study, we used three different cases. The first case represented year 2028 under a typical summer load with significant amount of generation coming from solar and wind. And for the second case, it was a 2020 scenario. It was a lightly loaded case, early morning, and it had high wind penetration. The third and final case represented a 2021 high summer load with typical generation. After selecting the cases, we systematically replaced synchronous generators with new models that represented inverter-based resources. The model parameters that were used for this study were the generic data that General Electric provided in their positive sequence load fold manual. Once we had the three cases set up, we wanted to simulate the loss of the two nuclear units at Palo Verde and observe the frequency response on the system. For each simulation, we, we monitored the frequency at Malin, the 500 kV bus located up in the northwest, to see if the simulation resulted in a drop of frequency to 59.5 hertz. Wow, that's fascinating. Do you mind telling us what your analysis showed regarding reliability risk? Um, so in each scenario, um, system frequency was being affected um, by the double polyverity outage. So what was happening is, is as we reduced the inertia on the system, the frequency would drop a lot faster um, than it did with conventional generation. And this was mostly affected in the light scenario. The 3 a.m. case 
It was lightly loaded, had a lot of wind on generation online, so it had low inertia. And so what was happening is, was when we ran the double polyvary outage on this case, it actually went into under frequency load shedding. It did hit that 59.5 hertz and started to trip load offline. As more and more conventional generation is getting replaced by IBRs and winds and solar, um, there's a potential that we could get into this under frequency load shedding plan as we identified in the study in the lightly load scenario, um, which is not a good thing. Um, when this happens, load starts tripping offline and it disrupts people's lives. Doug, why don't you take a minute and talk about the big takeaways from this study for our stakeholders? There were actually several takeaways that we got from this study, um, but I'll give you a couple of the main ones. One of the first main ones that we want to talk about is we want the balancing authority, planning coordinators, and transmission planners to monitor system inertia on their system to make sure that, you know, we don't get into a situation where we actually activate this under frequency load shedding plan. The second recommendation is actually for the system review subcommittee to create a low inertia case um, on a lightly loaded day so the transmission planners and transmission operators and planning coordinators can pick up this case to study low inertia conditions. So one more question, Doug. Where can people find the detailed results from this study? I'm glad you asked, because there's actually several other recommendations that were listed in the report. And the, the report can be found on the WEC website under the STS Study Subcommittee committee page under the 2020-2021 Study Program Accordion. Thank you so much for joining us today, Doug. Again, for those who want to access the report, go to WEC.org and go to the Studies Subcommittee webpage. Thank you for joining us. This is Julie Booth, and we'll see you next time.